Welcome to the NC4 Podcast. We exist to know Christ and make Him known. Discover the power of a connected life by listening to this message from God's Word. Huge honor uh, for Irene and I to be with you. We came up for the One Focus conference in uh, Virginia Beach, which was great. Had a great time there and not a great travel from there to here as we were in rain the whole of that journey. But it's wonderful to be here and to connect into your series, Practicing the Presence. It's so vitally important, isn't it, that we earth our faith, that we live it out on a daily basis. And my hope today is that as I share the word, there will be some practical things that will help us all on our discipleship journey. So if you're online, I hope that there are things that you hear today that will help you personally on your journey. And also, Makunji, we greet you in the name of Jesus as well. And so my task today is to talk about listening to God. How many of us know that it's a lot easier talking to God than listening to him? We find ourselves, don't we, lots of times praying. We have those panic prayers, those help prayers, daily prayers. And I have to confess that the listening part can be more difficult, can't it, than the praying part. And so we're going to talk about listening to God. The first thing I think we need to make sure we understand is this, and it's an obvious thing, but our God is a God who speaks. Our God is a God who speaks. In the Old Testament, you'll find that there's idol worship, but we know idols do not speak. We serve a God who is communicating, a God who speaks. I personally believe that the kingdom of God is activated by words. Words are very, very important. In fact, if you go right back to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, God speaks. Verse 3, and God said, let there be light. And as he spoke, light appeared. And so speaking is very important. God speaks. The Targum, I thought I'd put this in for Pastor Jack, The Targum translates, and man became a living soul in Genesis 2 verse 7, as, and man became a speaking soul. It's fascinating to me that life and speaking and listening are related together. Listening and speaking are therefore very important. And so as we journey as disciples and followers of Jesus... We have to learn to both speak, because what we say is very important. Being British, we tend to start with a slight negative tone if we're not careful. In America, everything, of course, is very positive. You speak out positively. But we've had to learn that we raise our speech. So we start with... Language, if we're not careful, that doesn't build people up. And this is true for parenting with our children. How often do we speak words that encourage and strengthen? But all of us know sometimes when we get a little bit hassled, 
We speak to our children with what they're not doing and they're not cleaning their rooms and they're not doing this and they're not doing that. I just encourage us to speak words that lift up. And if you can't think of much to say, when you go in the bedroom and it clothes everywhere, just say the ceiling is looking really good today. (laughs) Find something... Find something that you can be positive about. Because let's face it, a lot of us live under words that have been spoken to us that have shaped us, often for the good but sometimes for the bad. I remember a maths teacher, mathematics teacher, saying to me, you're no good at maths and you'll never be any good. That man was a prophet. (laughs) I've never been good with numbers. A bit better with words, but when we speak, we shape people, and therefore, teach us here, you're shaping people by the words that you speak. So, I believe that God wants us to both speak, but also to listen, and today we're we're about listening to God. So, the first thing I want to say is a very simple and practical thing. God speaks to us in particular ways. He speaks in different ways, different places, different times, but there are specific things, I think, that we could say, this is how God speaks into his world today. This is how he speaks into his children and into his church. And a number of things here. God speaks, of course, firstly through his word, through his word. I think we've got to get again a Bible confidence that the Bible, the Word of God, is not just like any other book. It's not just a book to help us on our journey. It's the Word of God, God speaking to us. So he speaks to us through his Word, the Bible. Psalm 119 verse 105, love this verse. Your Word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. So as we move forward, just sometimes a step at a time, we're being guided by God speaking. He speaks through his word. How often have you opened the scriptures and God has spoken to you? And sometimes we, we don't always, you know, use that carefully. Sometimes we say, Lord, I need a word and I'm desperate and I'm going to open the Bible and I want you to speak. And then you hopefully find a positive verse. But I believe there's a better way, isn't there? A devotion daily, reading God's word so that he can speak to us every day and he can bless us through his word. God speaks to us through his word. He also, of course, speaks through godly counsel. And what I want to suggest today is that when we think about practicing the presence, we often do it in terms of my personal walk with God. Now that's vitally important, but I get a little bit disturbed in my spirit when we isolate ourselves because I'm hearing from God, this is my personal word from God, But I think it's vitally important we do that in a context of godly counsel. People that we can trust. Why? Because all of us are flawed people. All of us have blind spots. 
You know, when there are blind spots, you can't see things. And that's why you need godly people around that are able to help and to guide. And I'm deeply grateful to God for friendships through the years of people that have been willing to speak into my life. And we need to get secure with that, don't we? We need to have people that actually can correct us if necessary. I want to go on record that sometimes when I am doing a sermon and I come across something and I, I think this is something that no one else will have seen. You know, this is some great revelation. And what I tend to do is to ring Pastor Jack because, as you know, he has a brain, which is really wonderful. So on occasions, I've contacted Jack and I've said, look, I'm looking at this verse and I think that this is a great thought from this verse And Jack says, it's not in the original. (laughs) So what do I do with that? Do I go with something I thought I heard from God? Or am I open to godly wisdom? And these things are where the rubber hits the road. This is where we work it out in our lives. Because none of us are able to hear God precisely, clearly, every day, and speaking, we prophesy in part. And that's why I believe God speaks to us, yes, personally, through his word, but also through godly counsel. Then thirdly, of course, he speaks to us through the inward voice of the Spirit. Thank God for the work of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit is able to take the word that we read, interpret it into our hearts and bring us into a relationship with Christ, the Holy Spirit working in us, guiding us into truth. Sometimes we call that the still small voice and sometimes we like the big razzmatazz but if we're listening to be able to hear that prompt of the Holy Spirit is vitally important. And I believe this can be earthed in everyday life, not just in the spiritual things and on Sundays, but in our workplace to be open to hear that still small voice. Don't say that. Don't go there. Keep clean. Watch your actions. Watch your speech. These are the, the still small prompts of the Spirit that we begin to hear. And then also, of course, God speaks to us through circumstances. This can be quite difficult sometimes, especially when pressure comes into our lives. And there is a maturing process, I believe, in this hearing from God, listening to him. Often it's through the difficult times that we find God speaks into the depths of our hearts. All of us will have catalogues of stories, times we felt disappointed, Times we felt let down, sometimes questioning what is God saying, what is he doing with us. But we find that if we keep walking, then as time passes, clarity begins to come to us and we recognize that God has spoken to us through circumstances, things that have come across our paths, even dark issues that we've had to face, things within our families And we've got our stories and 
Irene and I can testify that in some of the darkest times and the most difficult seasons, there's been that, what we've often described as strange grace, kind of, we shouldn't feel comfortable, but the comforter is here. The help of the Holy Spirit is with us. So God speaks in particular ways. And of course, were we to take this further, in Hebrews chapter 1, God has in the last days spoken through his Son. And of course, the written word, the Bible, God is speaking to us, but the word became flesh and Jesus dwelt among us. And so he speaks to us through his son. The work of Christ, speaking out the work of the cross, the redemptive work of Jesus, his resurrection life, God speaks to us through his son. So God speaks to us in different and particular ways and you will be able to identify with unique ways that God speaks to you. Secondly, hearing God's voice is a maturing process. I think it's very important to understand that we don't always get it right and we have to learn to hear the voice of the Saviour. And I believe that that comes with greater clarity, the more we walk with him, the more we discern his voice. I hope that if you've been walking with Jesus for some time, you're able to recognize his voice. It's like the the shepherd and the sheep. They hear his voice. The ability to be able to hear the voice of the Lord. What does the voice of God sound like? In your experience, I thought I would just take us to the Old Testament to look at someone who became a prophet. In other words, in the Old Testament, someone who heard God with clarity on really big issues and was able to pronounce and speak God's word and God's will into situations. So I'd like to take us to the story of Samuel, the well known story where you remember that the child Samuel ultimately becomes a mature prophet of God. And I thought it might be useful for us just to see how there's a development that takes place in the life of Samuel. You remember he's brought into holy things when he's a boy. He serves Levi, the priest. He's among holy things from as long as he can remember I feel a little bit like that. I was brought up in a Methodist home. My dad was a Methodist local preacher for years. And so there's never been a time when I've not heard about the Lord. In fact, I remember receiving an authorized version of the Bible before I could read. I can vividly remember. I can't remember exactly how old I was, but but I had a measure of disappointment when I opened, oh, a Bible I was expecting some toy, I remember at the time, but it was a Bible. Now, today, that's very meaningful to me today. It was one of those Bibles, authorized version, of course, so I definitely couldn't read it at the time. And it had those little indentations, you know, Gen X Lev, where you could amaze your friends by finding a passage quickly. And I have it on my shelf back at home in my study But written in there is that verse I quoted from Psalm 119, verse 105, with a little word from my dad, 
believing that this word was going to direct my life. And I've walked into that reality that was placed there from my early days. Now, Samuel was even more in the center of the, the feel of God with his people because he was in the temple and he had to do work with the temple, perhaps trimming lamps and learning the ropes of what it meant to be a holy man. And so let me pick up the story in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. It's interesting the context here is not dissimilar to the context of today because it says, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. Verse 7 says, the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So he's in the temple, but he hasn't yet learned how to hear the voice of the Lord. I can identify with this a little because when I was small growing up, I remember just those little times when I think, I think God's speaking to me. In fact, I remember at the age of eight, I was listening to a message by a Baptist pastor on revival. And I remember saying to the Lord as an eight-year-old, Lord, I would love to be seeing a revival like this man is describing. And it's amazing that as a boy, and this is where we have to believe that our children are able to hear the voice of the Lord, beginning step by step to hear the voice of the Lord. But this was in a time when the word of the Lord was rare. But Eli gives Samuel the key. You remember that the Lord speaks to Samuel, but at that time, Samuel thinks this is Levi speaking because he'd not yet heard the voice of the Lord. So Eli gives Samuel the key in verse 9 of chapter 3. He says, if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. The key of listening in verse 19 It says, the Lord was with Samuel. So there's this picture of development, if you like, learning, walking, hearing. At first, not easily able to discern the voice of God. But as he develops and as he matures and as he listens to godly counsel, where Levi says, if you hear that voice again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And as he grows up, he matures in his faith. And it says, as he grew up and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. Gets to a place where what Samuel speaks is what he has heard God say. Anyone who preaches and teaches would love to feel that we're handling holy things that we're able to hear what God is wanting to say. I find it a huge honor, but also a big responsibility that causes me to be quite nervous at times because I want to be able to share things that I believe God is saying into situations and into congregations. And that's a huge responsibility. And that's why it says in the Bible that those who teach, there's a judgment with that. It's a heavy-duty thing. I don't want to be in a pulpit just giving my own thoughts and ideas or some stories or some motivational talks. 
I'd love to be able to dig into the Word of God so you feel a little bit more comfortable when you say, as Billy Graham said for years, the Bible says. It gives a sense of authority and meaning. And so in 1 Samuel 12 and verse 18, it says, So all the people stood in awe of the Lord and of Samuel. Something shifts as he matures in the faith. He hears from God to such an extent that he's able to share some of those difficult things. I find it sad that sometimes people don't operate in the realm of faith. They want to to speak the big words, sometimes the corrective words. Have you had people come to you and say, now I'm going to say this to you in love. And then they're going to bombard you with some critical thing. I think we have to be very careful with this because we have to develop and mature and operate within the realm of faith to say, I believe that God is saying this. And sometimes we've just got to be humble enough to say, and I could be wrong. (laughs) And so we move into this wonderful picture of Samuel's able to hear the Lord And he grows in the faith. He now is able to discern between the voice of man, Eli, and the voice of God. Because he listens to the voice. And I believe that we need to be able to discern between that which is human and that which is God's voice. So often we're being guided by social media and people's opinions And the days of a pastor really pastoring a church where his voice is heard, they've tended to be be in the past because people in congregations today, if they don't like the pastor's advice, will find some sermon that agrees with their perspective. And I know that generally speaking, that's not the case. And many good churches exist with great pastoral connections with congregations, etc. But these are things I think we need to just recognize. And so eventually, uh, Samuel gets to that place where not only does he hear God's word, but he is entrusted in speaking God's word in some pretty big issues. 1 Samuel chapter 16, you remember that story of the, the anointing of David. I think it's important we read these passages carefully because Samuel is now at this time a clear prophet able to hear God but you know the story of how the brothers are lined up the sons of Jesse and Samuel thinks this one must be the one but then he is able to hear the Lord say there is yet another who is in the field with the sheep And so even at that time, Samuel is having to listen carefully to what God is saying. But he hears the voice of the Lord and then as a prophet of God, and this is Old Testament, but I hope there are some principles here. 1 Samuel 16 verse 4, Samuel did what the Lord said. So obedience to the word is very important. One thing, isn't it, to be hearers of the word, but the scriptures tell us we must be doers of the word, which means there must be obedience. And then verse 12, Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is David. Rise and anoint him. This is the one. 
So by this point, Samuel is now clearly hearing God to such an extent that God is able to entrust him with some real words of strength and encouragement. Now, things change somewhat into the New Testament, and I think sometimes people think that the prophetic ministry that was operating in the Old Testament, often Christians today want to have a go at that within a New Testament context and, and want to speak to nations and kings and all of that. I believe that prophecy in the New Testament, the prophetic, and I do believe that prophets, you know, New Testament prophets exist, but generally speaking, are words spoken over people to encourage, to strengthen, to build up, not to pull down. There are prophets that are entrusted with some challenging words, but everything has to be bathed in the knowledge in the New Testament that God has in the past spoken through bits and pieces of prophetic word in the history, but in the last days God has spoken through his son, Jesus. So, New Testament, Jesus says in John 10 verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. That's where we need to be. Every, every follower of Jesus believing that God will allow each of us to hear his voice. Now, there are things that will be obstacles to that, and I want to bring some practical things in a minute or two as we conclude. But I want to encourage you that don't think God will never speak to me. Uh, Don't think God only speaks to special people. God is a God who speaks, and he speaks to his children, and he speaks to the sheep in his flock. And the promise is that the sheep hear his voice. And it's up to us to be obedient. Some may be even thinking, I'm not sure I've heard the voice of God. Perhaps you've thought in terms of audible voice, because some of those testimonies of people that have heard audible voices and so on. I just want to encourage you to step back slightly and to just listen and believe that God is going to speak into your life. He loves you. And he will speak in some of the ways that I've shared, but you'll begin to hear his voice. It's important, you know, when we're discipling new believers, they've not yet heard the voice of the Lord, to encourage them to open their hearts and to just step by step listen. You'll be amazed at what God will speak into your life. He'll speak it even even as we go practically into the week ahead. As you're reading the scriptures this week, I can guarantee God, if you open, open your heart, will speak something into your life that will strengthen you, encourage you, build you up, challenge you, because God is a speaking God. We're the ones that don't all the time listen. And so God is a speaking God. Which leads me on to my third and final point. There, there are one or two subheadings. <laughs> Just to keep you in hope. The third thing is this. His voice is best heard in the community of the church. I can't emphasize this too much. There's a thing happening in the Western world. that has been around for some time which is a kind of a personalized faith. I don't need the gatherings. I don't need to be in church. God is able to speak to me. I don't need anyone else to speak 
into my life. I think that's a big mistake because as you go into the New Testament, you'll find that actually God puts the lonely in families. God believes in community. Jesus is building his church. He's the head of the body. I believe God speaks through the context of local communities of faith where you're known, where you can be tested, where people watch your life. Being a pastor's no fun sometimes because everybody's watching you. They're watching your attitudes, you know, how you handle things. Do you lose your cool? Have you any issues, shadow areas in your life? Because I can guarantee everybody's watching. And sometimes, again, I think it's a holy thing to be in any kind of ministry. I want to encourage you to pray for your leaders and pray for those that have to carry responsibility. It's a scary thing because I believe that the local church really is the hope for the world. Local church is so important. Now, because I'm able to go home, I can say a few things sometimes that local pastors can't. But there's something happening these days where, well, I'll be in church if I feel like it. I'll be in church one in three. That's about enough for me. That rhymes. (laughs) Anyway, God speaks to individuals, but he speaks to churches, doesn't he? Revelation chapters one to three, God speaks to churches. You know, we spoke words to the community of faith. And I do believe that in the Western world, it's all about me if I'm not careful. This church business isn't all about me. It's not all about you. It is about us. But primarily, it's for the honor of the name of Christ. And we're not in this just to feel good. We're here to see the kingdom come. So I put it to you. His voice is best heard in the community of the church. So God speaks to individuals and to churches. So how does God speak to us in the community of faith? Point number one, sermons. Now, if I didn't believe that God's not able to speak into people's lives when I do a talk or a message, I perhaps ought to sit down. Think about it. How many sermons have you heard? I won't ask the question, how many sermons have you been bored through? Because there will be a few of those. But I believe that faithful teaching of the word, proclaiming of the word, God speaks. Do you know, we're seeing quite a wonderful thing happening at the moment in, in our own church with people from other nations coming to faith. And what I'm finding is there seems to be a greater openness in certain nations with regard to a passion for Christ than, than our British brothers and sisters that have got so used to church just had one or two Iranians come to faith and baptize them and the passion for Jesus and the church is up a notch or two. And it's encouraging. You see, 
I pastor in a, a rural English setting, small city setting, pre-COVID, I don't think there were many nations connected with us. But after COVID, we've now, on a Sunday morning in our central location, 38, 38 nations have turned up. Now that to me is quite a challenge. And what we're finding is the nations are a gift to us because they are people that like to come to church. I'll digress slightly if I'm not careful. Some, of course, turn up late, but that's another issue. I'm saying a few things as I pass that Jack and others may want to talk to you about later. So, what about point one, sermons? Good point, really. We come to church. I want to hear the Lord speak through his people. Secondly, I believe, in the community of the church, the gift of prophecy. The prophetic voice. Now, that can come in sermons and messages. We've had that this morning, a prophetic word. The hearing of what God wants to say into a community, I think, is important. Now, I do believe in personal prophecy. My life has been shaped by personal prophecy, but I don't believe in private prophecy, where a person comes and delivers a word, but there's no one to weigh it and to think it through. That can bring pressure on people, and it can bring damage to the church. And so, prophecy, and thirdly, ministry gifts, you know, I genuinely believe that God has restored gifts to the church. Ephesians chapter 4, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers to equip the saints, which is us, for the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is not what I'm doing now. It's what you do tomorrow. It's what you do when you're in the, the workplace and school and at home. It's the work of the ministry. How do we hear the voice of the Lord? Ministry gifts, the gifts of Christ to the church, I believe will hear his voice And I have to, in this little section, also say, God speaks to us through wise friendships and relationships. Wise friendships and relationships. The number of times that God has been able to help me through a word of advice, a word of counsel. And that's why I believe that we can hear the the voice of the Lord. We can listen best within the community of the faith. So as I draw this to some conclusions, the three points that you can think through, God speaks to us in particular ways, through his word, through godly counsel, through the inward voice of the spirit, through circumstances. Secondly, hearing God's voice is a maturing process. We grow and develop, hear him more clearly. And then thirdly, his voice is best heard in the community of the church. So some practical applications. I'll just give you these and then we'll pray. How do we listen? I think some very simple, practical things. Give quality time to God's word and to prayer and to listening. I'm not good at... Some people are really good at long prayer through the night and... And they shut themselves away. I'm not good at that. Through COVID, I actually, this is actually true. I can't believe that I did that in my 70s. But I ran every day 
every morning through COVID, almost for a year, because I was able to pray better moving. And I'm with the Jewish people here who move at the, at the wall. as to keep us awake, you see. And so the praying... Find a way of praying that works for you, but give quality time. Quality time. Don't rush it. Shut out distractions. Jesus says, when you pray, close the door. The secret place. Life's so busy, so many distractions. Shut out the noise. Create space for listening in a busy day. Building relationships takes time, so commit into small groups where possible, with friends, the community of the church. Learn to recognize his voice. The voice I heard as an eight-year-old, I think I still hear today. It's the same voice. Learn to recognize his voice. Learn from mistakes. When we get it wrong, own up. Don't assume that God won't speak to you. Then two more points. Make yourself accountable. Accountability is a strange thing. We all say we're accountable. I do a lot of leadership gatherings where we talk about accountability, but you never know whether a person is accountable until they're held held to account. Everybody says they're accountable, but if somebody says, I think you were wrong with that, how do we react? I tend to be very defensive, but it's important that we're accountable. And finally, read the Word of God regularly. Immerse yourself in it, because you will find that as you immerse yourself in God's Word on a daily basis, not only will God speak, but you will be able to discern his voice and be able to listen. Heavenly Father, thank you for these simple thoughts today. I pray for my friends here that, Lord, all of us will mature in our ability both to hear your voice and to speak your word appropriately. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the NC4 Podcast. For more info, visit our website at nc4.org. We believe in the power of a connected life. If you prayed to give your life to Jesus today, we'd love to help you walk it out together. Just text the word JESUS to 610-816-6062.